Hello, welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers, the podcast where we share stories, insights and strategies that go beyond some of the numbers we encounter in our work life. I'm Susan Lee-Trivon. I work with organisations who put people first. I've lived and worked in many countries. I've met people who love what they do and people who don't. People who bring their full selves to work and people who won't. And together with my guests, we place a lens on and focus in on the people side of work life. Because we know that it is people who do the work, not numbers. And if we are treated well, we will perform well and might even generate better numbers. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Life Beyond the Numbers. And before we get into the conversation with Antonia Taylor, I just wanted to flag up something and apologise in advance for the sound quality. It isn't its usual standard. I hope it won't interfere too much with the listening experience. And please enjoy the conversation with Antonio. I know I did. Thank you for listening. Today, I am delighted to be joined by Antonia Taylor. Antonia, you're so welcome to Life Beyond the Numbers. Thank you for having me, Susan. Lovely, lovely to be here. It is. And what's great as well is one of the things that I do is I ask every podcast guest that comes on to recommend another guest. And most of the time I forget to thank that person when the guest comes on. (laughs) But it was Greta Solomon who introduced me to Antonia. So Antonia, I'm delighted to have you on. And thanks to Greta. Yeah, thank you to Greta. I mean, just thank you to Greta generally. She's such a gift in this world and I feel really lucky. Sounds so cheesy. I feel really lucky to call her a friend. Yeah, no, she is really, as you say, she's a gift to this world. And yeah. And her Um, writing is as well. Oh, totally. It's so beautiful. And it's made a difference in my life. And I'm sure Mm -hmm. it has in many other people's Mm -hmm. too. Heart, sass and soul. And I will Mm -hmm. put the details in the show notes Mm -hmm. again, because I think I keep putting it in the show notes these days. (laughs) As you know, I do a lot around communications, running a small PR agency and do a lot about around writing copywriting and I always recommend literally it's on I like the last ever since it came out what the last three years it's on every sort of copywriting marketing presentation I do oh that's lovely (laughs) (laughs) so cool so you know I love an opportunity to look at life beyond the numbers Mm. and 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 I take it from so many different angles and while mostly it's about workplace engagement it's also about what people have done in their own work life Mm. like you and Mm. so today we'll take the number 10 (laughs) because in 2012 you left the corporate world to Mm. work for yourself Mm. and we're going to have a little chat about that journey today. But first of all, congratulations, because it's an incredible achievement. Yeah, I mean, it, the corporate, it was agency life, the PR agency life. So yeah, and I, I can't believe it's 10 years now. What is interesting for me is how much the world of work has changed. And I think also, I hope there has been some sort of le- 
the leveling of the playing field in terms of so when I left my PR agency I went into another agency on a three-day-a-week contract and even working in that way I realized I'd sort of like tied myself to a different yoke almost you know it wouldn't have happened in a million years I wouldn't have dreamt of saying to them actually could I do one of these days at home the world of work has changed so much in terms of possibility and sort of I think for creative entrepreneurs like us just that a different way of working and and you know hoping to be able to tap into that sort of freedom and possibility which is one of the big reasons we go it alone in the first place so right they're such yeah. lovely words aren't they freedom and possibility and you can, I, I almost feel like a weight lifted off my shoulder when you mm. say that because oftentimes I think when you're working for yourself you're thinking about all the things you're doing and you sometimes forget that sense of freedom and possibility or I do I I can't say you do but I do it was a friend of mine who was talking about this different yoke that we tie ourselves to and I think you know probably if we're both being honest like since we've been running our own businesses we've probably never worked as hard as we have in our lives because when you set up your own business that motivation and that desire to create that success however you define that deliver results whatever I mean I don't want to go into metrics too much whatever years you want however many clients you're trying to attract you kind of attach yourself to a different sort of way of being what drives you is different so therefore you inevitably end up working so much harder which you sometimes have to catch yourself I don't know about you Susan but things like I was just thinking ahead to, we're recording end of May now, it's heading towards half term. And I was thinking, oh, maybe I should like take one of the days off in half term. How many days this year have I actually taken off? Because you forget, don't you? It's like, you're not sort of there looking at your 25 days that have been allocated to you. I think last year I probably took, if I took 10 days off, I'd be surprised. Which isn't great. So we have to be so careful about these because... Once we set up our own businesses, like I said, I think we overcompensate in different ways and we forget. We always have to reconnect to that reason that we went alone in the first place. Absolutely. And and I I suppose the last two years for me, because I started my business just before COVID. Yeah. So the last two years then almost disappeared into that as well, which didn't yeah, help. Swallowed, yeah. Because nobody was taking leave almost, you know, so mm. there was nothing to do. I mean, of course there was mm. because you can just be and rest. But when you're running your own business, you feel like, oh yeah, but I can just do this little thing or that little thing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. yeah, I've got two weeks booked off, as I was saying to you, over the next mm. two weeks. And I think it's the first time I've deliberately blocked out two weeks uh, together like this. And I honestly cannot wait. Yeah. And I'd be really, I'd love to catch up with you afterwards. And I bet, I bet, you know, towards the end of that, you'll have a massive rush of ideas. You'll get, but, you know, you'll probably get, you know, just like this sort of like clarity settling about what the next six months, what the next six years look like for you. I think that time out is so important. I, um, I remember like it was about a month ago. And I did this thing, which I'd never do, around about so like four o'clock on a Friday, I went for a nap. And I, growing up, because I'm half Cypriot, so I grew up with that fiesta culture. I would like have a nap after school. Uh, you know, obviously, different culture here. So I can't expect to have a siesta every two o'clock in this country. And then by the Sunday, when I went to do my Sunday morning journaling, 
I had three very clear goals, just like literally one, two, three, this is what you're going to do in the next few months. And it's, you know, just having taken that time out, where did that come from? And I was talking to my business coach and she was like, it's because you had a rest. Even just going outside, because this week I'm working on a talk that I'm delivering in June Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. and I spent a bit of time on it. I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday but anyway I went for a long walk that afternoon and my phone is full of voice memos back to myself because these things were just coming into my head of all the thinking I had been doing and that's phenomenal so you're right yeah yeah Yeah. and what the, the coach that I'm working with told me that I have a backlog in my head and he's absolutely right I do I have so much information in my head and it's not filed like my bookcase, you know, it's all higgledy piggledy. Mm. So the only way to get it out is to rest mm. and then let it come. Yeah. 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 Exciting for you. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm curious about, and this might follow nicely, is like mm. what, what was hard to let go of when you shake off the shackles of the mm. corporate world agency mm. life? Mm. What was something that maybe was habitual that really stuck with you okay so I grew up in a big London PR agency for eight nine years and I absolutely loved it and then I moved into a smaller regional agency didn't love it but within that culture and I think anyone who has worked in professional services will um, relate to this it's a very strong like timesheets culture it's amazing software now where you do this but you basically have to log every 15 minutes of your work day so that it can be sort of attributed back to a client or I mean and when I was you know in management as well I would have to go through my team's timesheets to understand how much time they were allocating so for example how much time they were allocating to a particular client's media relations how much time they were allocating to external meetings how much time is going into internal meetings and hang on why is there a four-hour gap on a Thursday it seems very actually outdated now but this is the kind of analysis that running a business apparently needed So I obviously always connected timesheets and sort of chunks of time to not so much productivity, but to money or billable hours. It took me, honestly, Susan, it took me probably, if I'm coming up to 10 years now, it's probably taken me seven, eight years to unhook that kind of sort of relationship to time and money. You know, I sort of started easing myself off it you know I I would be like if there was a choice between going to for example a networking meeting or delivering a client project I would do that because I would say well that's where I'm going to get my money you know that's billable hours that will come back into the business so it took me a really long time to understand how important it was to not always be working in my business delivering but also be working on my business in terms of I actually take two hours out and think about a course that you want to take two hours out and plan what you want to do this quarter from a personal development perspective. Take two hours out and go for a walk and get some downloads. You know, just like all of that is work. So, I mean, even yesterday, and I bear, bear in mind, this is 10 years in, I had a client lunch in Soho and I've been talking to my brother the night before and he was going to the Whistler exhibition at the Royal Academy. And I was like, oh, and he's like, but it finishes on Sunday. It's like, I'm not going to be able to go. Yesterday morning, I was like, hang on a second, Royal Academy. And I love Whistler. I, I studied American studies. He's probably one of the few artists that has painted, visual artists, painters, whose work actually really means something to me. I was like, I will regret this forever if I don't go to this exhibition. It's like, wait, 
Royal Academy is literally five minutes from where my meeting is. And so I booked on, managed to get a last minute ticket 45 minutes before my meeting. Susan, my hand was shaking when I was on my phone booking the ticket because it's so anathema for me to say, wait, take yourself off for like 45 minutes and go and just be in an art gallery and soak it up. And and I'd been craving, I knew I'd been craving this. Um, so it's still, it's such an unlearning. It's fascinating that because... There is a huge, like 10 years have passed, mm. like 10 years. Yeah. I can barely remember what I did a year ago. <laughs> 10 yeah. years ago seems so far back, but the conditioning. Yeah. yeah. And so when we hear all about hybrid working and trying to get people back into the office and mm. presenteeism and seeing mm. people, is it any wonder it's such a shock for people who have spent 30 years of their career or yeah. 20 years of their career yeah. doing that? Because even what I find is I like to be at my desk at the top of an hour. And yeah. it doesn't matter. You know? yeah. It makes yeah. no difference if I sit down at seven minutes past or 27 minutes past. I know. Well, but I like to start yeah. on the dot of an yeah. hour. And if we think about like, you know, like how tied we are to like Outlook calendars. You know, I don't know about you, but I've, I on Zoom, I think it, I still can't work out how to like set meetings up like at quarter past or something on Zoom. <laughs> Sometimes it just doesn't let you. Everything's got to be in those half-hour slots. You're just like, wait a second, I want to start this meeting at 2.40, just to be wild. No, wait, no, it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it yeah, is work, funny. man, the culture. Oh. And, and, yeah, and, and the clock. The yeah. clock drives so much. And yeah. a lot of what I've been reading about for a while now is, you know, manage your energy, not your yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, so like knowing your own metabolism. So I'm an early morning riser, and I know that I do my best writing. Like for me, the best time for me to write is actually when I'm a bit warmed up, around about eight o'clock in the morning. So like just being able to sit. And again, like this is something that came out of the pandemic. I joined London Writers Salon. Have you heard of them? No. It's an amazing community. It was set up by um, a guy called Matronetti and then Parole. And they had just started doing like, sort of like on offline meetings when everything closed down they set up a little writing group and everyone just meets at eight o'clock gmt east coast time pct and i think australian time as well sorry i don't know what the proper terminology is that one but you just you gather for an hour and they'll read something inspirational that someone from the community has selected and then everyone just writes for like an hour and of course they've got all these different layers of different membership now and like amazing events and everything I started doing that and again I was like god it's going to be hard for me to organize my life and my kids life round about this eight o'clock start day and also I used to love to exercise in the morning blah blah blah. but it's changed my life like having that regularity and having that practice and it's not like I'm sitting there writing you know because obviously I do a lot of creative writing I'm a poet but you know sometimes I'll just write my newsletter other times I'll write an Instagram post or a LinkedIn post but having that dedicated time but knowing also that that set time is sacred for me and and if I've got big deep work I'll often block out the next two hours afterwards um and then I'll do calls in the afternoon because I just like I don't know about you but like because I get up so early by about four o'clock I'm like hmm remembering my name can be a little bit of a challenge I'm like that as well I'm an early morning riser and somebody was saying to me you know can we do this call I don't know half six or seven and I said honestly I'm not really going to be able to talk to you then because I'll just be too tired yeah 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 
And and I suppose that's an important part as well, isn't it, of of running your own business isn't understanding that because what use are you to somebody if you're not at your best? Yeah, of course, and you want to bring it. You always want to bring your best. It's not like you're going to say, right, okay, I'm going to give you my tired old brain because of that. It's not that. It's just that actually what is a really efficient use of time. So, and again, I try and I'm sure you do the same in that. I sort of like try and manage my week on that basis. I like to have a little bit of thinking time Monday morning and then, you know, Tuesday to Thursday tends to be full-on client delivery. I've actually found one of my clients actually really, she um, is running a business as a side hustle at the moment. So Friday afternoons are really good for her to do these to calls. And, and she says, you know, I really like to use Friday afternoons because your energy can be quite down if you work on a Friday afternoon. And so doing something like, you know, like a, a client call or something like this, which is actually quite energizing, kind of like makes you kind of wrap up the week. And it's like, I've done something amazing. I've done something, you know, really to, to finish it on a high as well. It's funny because a lot of my coaching clients like Friday morning for their mm. coaching sessions as well. Mm. And I think that the week is quieter for them, the work yeah. week. And yeah. and it kind of they have the weekend then to reflect back on what was going on. And yeah. first I was yeah. going off oh, Friday. It's not the day, but actually it seems to work really well for people, which yeah. is interesting. And yeah. And they're probably not rushing back into like a two hour Zoom with the rest of their team. So if they're they can probably bring their full selves to that conversation as well that they're having with you. And I think it's a sign of how much they value you and their time with you, that they want to sort of carve out that space for themselves, I would imagine. That's how and, I and themselves as well. I mean, yeah. you know, they know that actually this is the time I'm least disturbed during the week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, it's funny the time and clock and yeah, because yes, yesterday I did a, um, a recording with somebody who is doing a project on jet lag. And that was all about time as well and lost time and the relationship to daylight. And it was fascinating. I mean, it's the one thing, isn't it? It's what we've all got. And I think, again, you know, trying to change that narrative around I don't have any time. I worked for years to try and create more white space in my business than my my life really just to have more thinking time and more creativity because you, you need it you cannot always be on that conveyor belt of productivity and churning stuff out no you need to refuel you definitely need to refuel yeah. I was with a friend today and her husband's at a big US tech firm and she was saying how he had a recharge day and I thought I was like I'm so glad but organization so I think he gets one once I mean probably should be getting one a little bit more regularly but like once a quarter he gets like what they call a recharge day the whole company shuts down the whole yeah. company wow. so it's not like this is your you know like one person's yeah. having a recharge day so basically you know that feeling at christmas time when everyone has stopped work and you're like i don't it's so good because you shut down because you know the rest of the world is also shut down it's like boxing day feeling and so you don't feel like you don't have that sense of guilt or your mind being elsewhere because you know that you could be doing something else i thought that was such a great idea they just shut down once a quarter and everyone has a recharge day yeah and like for some people obviously that's just not possible I mean if you work in a hospital or whatever like that yeah, you know yeah, but, but in the industries yeah. it is it's a great idea and it's with so much he works for. with so yeah. much talk about the four day work week as well yeah. I'm just not sure that that's the answer too because you know the the let volume of work possibly hasn't gone down and I think it's more about people being able to choose when they want to work what hours work yeah, for them? I think having that agency, I do have a client that runs a four day week 
and it works really well for them and they're actually manufacturing so that's really interesting inevitably he picks stuff up on a friday morning his team's like probably about 35 so it's quite interesting i mean i think at one time i was aspiring to not work on fridays but then it's just like actually it doesn't it quite suits me to dip in and do four or five hours at a different pace but it works for my business. I think that's that thing, isn't it? It's like having that agency. And I think with the hybrid world, I think that's what people want. I think people are not valuing this mandate of going back however many days. So it's interesting. Mm-hmm. So what's something that you really missed? I definitely miss having a team. I, I was always really team focused. I don't miss the management, but I, I do miss having the people like um, in PR, like it's a really collaborative profession. I miss bouncing ideas off people. I miss having someone else's eyes on my writing, all that sort of stuff. But I think running a business of one doesn't mean you have to run it alone. I know that's such a cliche, but I have been lucky in that I have got a handful of friends who also run their own business, kind of become like my support team. One of my close, close friends, Helen, Perry, like we tend to meet each other every Friday morning. We go for 8.30 for a coffee And we chat about anything from what workshops we want to put out there in the world, more worky stuff, what's happening with uh, Wagatha Christie. So like just having that, but sort of being in that same world, that same environment is really, really helpful. And and being able to like, you know, recommend people back and forth as well. I've got a couple of really good other freelance PR friends. Sometimes just sit down and they'll say like, you know, I'm having a challenge with this client. What media do you think I should do? And I'll be like, oh, you know, what angle would you go in for this? So just having that sort of that support as well. And I have a Helen as well that I meet every yeah. Wednesday morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, do you? Oh, yeah. I love that. That's probably quite a good day as well, Wednesday, just to sort of like just you up for the, like a midweek break. Yeah. And and, and and a lot of it is is collaboration stuff that we yeah. do together as well. Yeah. But of course, like we book 90 minutes and the first 30 minutes at least is yeah. the social part yeah and and then when we get together in person we might do that every two months yeah the productivity is massive like because yeah, the energy yeah. is so yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Helen and I actually ran a business together like it was like a side business it was an events organization called Elevate and we ran marketing-led events for creative entrepreneurs so we just both of us sort of thought we want to go these separate ways but I would say if anything as friends we're probably closer now that's cool yeah, I know. It was lucky we didn't have a messy break. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's good. So I have no doubt. I mean, we've been talking about this already, mm. but you you must have learned an incredible amount about you, who you are, how you show up in the world mm. and your values and so mm. much over the last mm. 10 years. Mm. What are things that you're happy to share or what are the highlights that might help other people or inspire others? Oh, that's precious, Susan. Okay, so I would say I have learned a huge amount. I think, but I'm sure I've read somewhere that running your own business is the biggest self-development program you can go on. You probably heard that one. I haven't, but I agree. Yeah, I've really stick to that. And I guess if you're going to do this, I mean, you're the same. I mean, certainly thinking about Greta, there's a certain growth mindset, isn't there? And there's a curiosity about the way of the world. And I think what's interesting is, you know, people go into one line of business and they evolve. I was at lunch with a client yesterday and she runs an HR tech business. She's actually talking about longer term becoming a healer because she's got, does have a very sort of energy that sort of, um, she's just, she's just got this radiant energy around about her. 
And so what have I learned? When I started out, I did quite a bit of work on sort of on values and things like that. And I would say they mine haven't changed. They're, they're exactly as they were. Like, I think I did that probably about eight or nine years ago. They haven't changed. I'd probably say that I would add to them, but I've got freedom, connection and communication. And that defines everything that I do. What else have I learned? This week, I found myself, I sort of like, I don't know if I was having sort of like a reflective moment. I've realised that I'm still in the habit of seeking permission. And I was thinking about, you know, if I wasn't always looking elsewhere for permission, I would wonder what I would have achieved as well. You know, I mean, not that I'm saying, you know, there's so much more I want to do, but there, there is, there is, you know, there's, so for example, I'm looking to launch a particular workshop and I've had it on my, in my heart since the beginning of the year. And I actually had a launch date for June and that's not going to happen for whatever reason. And I found myself, I do find that I sort of seek permission too much. And I would say, check yourself for, for, where, you, for where you're doing that. And I wish I sort of like unpacked that behavior, maybe at the beginning of the year, maybe 10 years ago. I think it's a really common amongst women as well sort of like not want to feel like they just have to ask to take up more space feel that they have to you know and I think it comes down to trusting yourself as well like not having that confidence you know it's that typical thing of women feeling that they're not qualified to do something oh I'll just do one more course I'll just do one more I'll get another qualification and then I'll do it I'll lose five pounds and then it's that sort of thing I'm never quite ready whereas you know there's that thing that men will always you know jump in first which is credit to them so yeah I would I would think about that sort of like permission p I would one of the things I'm really working on now is as well Susan is is trying to make it more fun it doesn't have to be serious all the time you know I you know in like I said like you know giving myself permission again to go to a art gallery for 45 minutes in a five-day working week you can make that time you can make that time and also I mean I don't know about you but you know, I always work on a Sunday afternoon. I always like to, you know, I don't want, for me, going into Monday, I just like want to be at my desk, eight o'clock, boom, go. So I always map out my priorities, what I've got to do, plot it against my calendar. So I do that on a Sunday afternoon and I find that really, really me. It might be different for other people. I can un- totally understand why people might want to save that for a Monday morning. It's a nice thing to do on a Monday. You probably, the answers in you, I mean, the whole journaling, thing is you know I think if you're stuck in your business or you feel scattered you know ask just just get your notebook out and ask yourself what am I trying to unpick here what am I trying to get unstuck on how can I get unstuck ask yourself how you can use the next hour to move something forward so and and just write it out for you know 10 minutes 15 minutes I'm a big fan of morning pages I tend to do three pages I really like longhand and like you I like writing so it's it's that but not everyone has that just do it for 10 minutes just set the timer yeah use a voice memo if you have to if you don't like writing and if you really have to type you know whatever works yeah Yeah. but keeping it in your head doesn't yeah yeah agreed agreed get it out and and also ask for help sometimes as well and I think again I think you know again I don't want to make a huge huge gender generalization I think as women, we're not great at asking for help. You know, reach out to someone in your network. You know, if you've got something specific, just like, hey, you know, I'm struggling with this or could you recommend this? And people love helping. I mean, I don't know about you, but I love nothing more than making a recommendation or connecting people who I think are amazing. 
Exactly. Yeah. And when you remember people that helped you, all you yeah. want to do is help others as well. Yeah, of course you do. Of course you do. You want to pay it forward. And yeah, you want to live in that sort of like environment as well. Yeah. And I think it's yeah. it's difficult for a lot of people to ask for help. I don't think it's just a female trait. Yeah, I think, probably. Probably. Yeah. I would imagine that it's really hard for men as well. Like, you know, because they've got the whole sort of like stereotype macho. Yeah. I think it's just one of those things that it's it's been somehow unfairly shown as a weakness Mm. Mm. and you can't admit that you don't know everything what will people Mm. think you know it's kind of wrapped up in all of that and we just have to carry on regardless you know it's that kind of mentality yeah take a recharge afternoon yeah yeah Yeah. (laughs) don't need permission but it's funny because my my word for 2022 is permission oh wow because that's but what I maybe tingles. Remember last time you spoke and we were talking like I'd written down we were talking about the word embody. That's so funny. Exactly, um. yeah. Because I worked out that yeah, that I was waiting for permission from who knows. Mm. And I think part of that is also the realization that you're doing this yourself now. Mm. And I always had a boss, even though mm. I was never really waiting for their permission, but there was someone to bounce things off of and and talk to about it mm-hmm. and I think that that mindset or shift or whatever just took some time obviously no I don't need permission from anyone I have the freedom yeah. there's still that feeling that I need to wait for somebody to ask me to do now, ask yourself back if, if I remember chatting to a very successful tech client a couple of years ago and he was just like, I've just always backed myself. And I was like, oh, that's it, isn't it? Cho- like, choose yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We just forget, I think. Of course you we know? do. Because, yeah. you know, it's stressful running your own business, keeping clients happy, thinking about, you know, all the things that we do. You are client services, your client delivery, you're the accountant. I do have an accountant that helps, but, you know, I have to sort of like still plug my VAT in. You know, design, so you're your own social media manager. All those bits and pieces that we with the whole thing head of marketing head of tech head of hr i need to talk to them they are not giving me enough holidays oh well you know yeah. <laughs> you don't need the permission you just need to tell them you're taking leave. yeah true, true fact. <laughs> oh it's funny it really is funny and i think i never thought about this stuff i perhaps before starting to work for myself either i never imagined that life would be like this i don't know what i thought it was going to be like but i never really thought about all the different hats that i would wear on a daily basis yeah because i think i think when someone chooses to go freelance or goes into their own business i think what you're basically doing is you want to do more of the bit of the thing that you love for me as right i just the more senior I got, the further I got from actually doing any PR. Towards the end, I was barely doing any actual PR. I was doing all business development, all HR stuff, a lot of creating pictures and strategy, but I was not picking up the phone to a journalist. And I just really missed that. And ironically, that's probably the bit that I would, you know, I missed, you know, yeah, things things changed. But at the time, I went back into it to do, because I wanted to do that. I wanted, I loved media relations and that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to, get results of clients so yeah and then and then you're just like hang on a sec you need to get those clients in hang on a, yeah I mean another thing I would say is that I think so many of us worry that we're not spending enough time on Instagram or you know I haven't made a reel yet it's been on my 
things to do since reels were invented and that's like a year and a half ago um but it's just like you know I think if you do great work you're good you know if, if you're excellent at what you do I think you'll be okay and I think you just have to trust that you know doing the work is also showing up and I think that's the piece and because it's not always visible you don't you can't always see that writing a press release does not make good copy yeah I suppose what I find is you go on to something like Instagram LinkedIn and there are just all of these ads being yeah. fired at you do this get this be here yeah. be there yeah. and they're all offering free workshops and blah, blah, blah. and in the beginning I was like oh I'll just do this and I'll do that and then, and then you realize I'm not actually doing anything except listening yeah. to all of these people and I'm not aligned with any of them so I need to do what I want to do and I think you in one of your newsletters I loved yeah. this it gave me a, a lift reading about Ramesh Ranganathan yeah and what you yeah. said about him god that's another thing look for inspiration if you want to look for inspiration go outside of your industry so I remember reading this article with Ramesh who is a comedian and I've got you know that is not my space but I find him really interesting I, I find the way that he talks about immigration quite interesting and he was just like I just realized that if I was interested in it then other people would be as well and that's kind of how he kind of you know he just followed his heart on what it's happening and I think and that's so true because sometimes the more I've connected to that the more I get back from you know my community oh my god I was just thinking this I think if you pay attention like you know you just kind of pay attention to what's going on around you but also pay attention to your own thoughts and where you're you know what you're paying attention to and that that's how you connect with people it's so true it's so true because if you're thinking it inevitably someone else is thinking absolutely absolutely yeah. and mm. if they're not that's okay too that's okay too it's totally okay too because but, you but, can't yeah. you know you can't be for every person either or you can't predict what everyone is thinking but I think you know following your path or your desires your beliefs there's something attractive about that as well. There's something attractive yeah, about someone yeah, who and, and knows what they stand yeah. for. And it, and it is, you know, it is a crowd of market. And that's how you can, you can, you can stand out. I remember, again, it's probably about six years ago, maybe, I was going to a branding workshop and it's run by a guy called Phil Palin. He's just really sweet, funny, he's Canadian. And at the time I was really trying to get because I'd come from this professional services background, I was like, how do I get an accountancy firm to come and work with me when I'm sort of more creative? How do I get to like tune into what they want? And he was like, and I think I always remember like at the time I was like wearing this pink jumper. And he was like, why would you want to change? Why would you want to go and be grey to attract a client? Go in, this pink of this, all your pinkness, all your thisness, and go and be yourself. And it's just such, again, seeking permission. It took Phil Palin to give me permission to actually be myself go and win an accountancy maybe it was a legal firm it was a le- whatever either way and then I did of course by being myself someone just messaged me on LinkedIn once and I had ended up working with them for two years it's that it's that you know listen to yourself be yourself but you also just have to people. find yourself in yeah. a way don't you and you I think do. what you were saying about how starting your own business is a self-development journey it absolutely is yeah because- you're going to change you're going to change I had a book proposal that I was working that was I'd started it in January 21 and then I was got a little bit 
sort of like just kind of like hit a bit of a blocker. And I was chatting to my literary agent uh, a couple of weeks ago. And she was like, what do you want to do in your business? And how does this help you? And I was like, it doesn't. She's like, darling, there's your answer. So you have to break up with this thing that you spent 18 months of your life on. And just like, but it felt good, Susan. It felt, it felt good because I'm not that person anymore. I am not that person who I was. And in the meantime, I've got more clarity around, you know, where I really want to take my business. And so now I have to look at, well, okay, well, how do I create some content around that sense, that direction? You will change. You will change. And I think you just have to catch up with yourself sometimes. And that's why I think things like white space are really important because mm. you have to have that sense. You have to sort of like take that time to tune into where you're going, what you want to do, where there's a market for it. Think about what your clients are asking for. Think about what people are wanting you to do more. It's interesting. And it's also, I suppose, spotting opportunities because if you're not having that space, you're quite tunnel vision too. Yeah, yeah. And I'm sure I've missed things that have come at me because I was, you know, focused on something else. And yeah. there's always stuff coming at me. And at the moment, I feel like they're like stepping stones. So actually, they're yeah. going in the right direction, the stuff that's coming at me. And, and I take another step and there's a stone and it's like, woohoo, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that's really inspiring as well. And, and so that have that have the courage to take that step onto that next. And courage. It's everything. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes, you know, you turn things down and you're like, should I have done? Because you kind of like, oh, I'm not ready for this or whatever. Or you hold yourself back again. I remember, uh, I think it was very early on in my, when I started working for myself, talking to somebody who, you know, was years ahead. Mm. And that was one thing he said to me. I was never ready for any of the steps I took. Do it, yeah. Who is it says do it scared? that Glennon Doyle I can't remember some of you know it's like yeah do it scared yeah and and at the end of the day the brilliant thing about all of that is you're actually just moving forward all the time and it's not a train crash or a smash if anything goes wrong because it's yours but at least you tried and you, you learn know, it's always that thing like you always just have to know like at least you tried so with moving on from this particular book proposal, I tried it. I've got the experience. I've got the relationship with my literary agent now. You know, I know what a book proposal looks like and I know how to do better, I hope. For me, it was always about being in integrity and all. And it did feel, it did started to feel a little bit heavy in a way that wasn't. And I know that feeling, you know, like, you know, when you we know that feeling, if it's not a yes, it's a no. Mm. If, you, if you don't, if you don't say yes to something, it means some, something in you is saying no. And you know that, like, you know, I mean, I, I don't know if you had this, but, you know, sometimes I've taken on clients and I've thought, oh, I'm not sure about this one. They're going to be tricky. And inevitably, it kind of just doesn't work out. Whereas one of my close clients now, I remember the first conversation we had and I just remember feeling so like we just tapped in to each other so quickly. And that would have been like three or four years ago. And we're still, you know, going strong. So, yeah. yeah, so listen to those. And and again, I mean, you know, you're running your own business. I've yet to read the Harvard Business Review article about intuition. Might be wrong. You know, trust your intuition. Trust that. How trust about writing it instead of waiting to read it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I could do that. Yes. Yeah. You I have my permission. Intuition in business. There we go. I'll think of a better title. Thank you. 
See, that's all it takes. Mm-hmm. I think that's the other thing, isn't it? It's like you're saying, I'm waiting to read it. And, <laughs> you know, we, yeah, yeah you're, you're waiting to read it. Don't write it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because other people are waiting to read it too. Yeah. That's amazing. And, and I think that because that's kind of what I've been looking at as well. And it's so funny you talk about the book proposal, because when I started my business first and COVID hit and all of that, I did the same challenge, I think, that you did with um, Alison Jones. Mm. So I did it in the summer of 2020, wrote this book proposal, did her book boot camp for six weeks afterwards yeah. and all of that. And by the end of that process, I was like, I don't want to do this. Mm. So I would... Maybe I was fortunate it happened faster. It was like a three month thing, but it was also nine or 10 months worth of work in the business I'd set up. And I was like, this is the wrong direction. This is not Mm -hmm. the direction I want to go in. And so I've just done the book proposal for the second time. Oh, congratulations. I love that. And now with the idea that I want to go forward with, which also serves the business that I am growing. And I'm so delighted for you. And I finished the proposal, sent it in, and I was like, now I actually have to write this one. Yeah. Now I want to write this one. Yeah. And, and that's a very different feeling. Yeah. 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 And, and again, it's that thing, isn't it? It's just like, why do you want to write a book? Probably because everyone, someone somewhere has told you that it's, you know, it's your business card or something. But then it's just like, okay, but then you find yourself coming from a different place when you write. And you have to, you just have to, like, let the book that you have to write come through. Yeah. 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 And you discover so much doing that, that, yeah, let's see. So hopefully this one will, will come through. And if it doesn't, there'll be another one, you know, there will be another one. Yeah. Cause we all have at least one book in us. Yeah. I mean, uh, many. I was yeah. listening to Danielle Laporte the other day and she was saying that she usually has like six books at any given time. On, on the, the go. go. Yeah. yeah. Like, you know, when she's just written, um, the one that's coming through, the one she's working on, the one that proposal she's working on. Yeah, just like all the different stages of it. Because we're creative and like, you know, the ideas keep coming. So that's that's the challenge for us. It's just like, it's like finding the way to the, to the idea that you want to see through. That's it. Because it is a labour mm. of love as well mm. as labour. <laughs> I mean, that's mm. why they call, mm. I guess what, that's why they call creative stuff labour of love. Yeah. That's really what it is. Yeah, totally. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So we have gone full circle around 10 years, I think. And I didn't even ask you for a highlight. I mean, if you had to look back on the last 10 years, not that you have to, but what stands out? What's that one moment that you were like, wow. The one moment that has been, wow. I mean, it's probably, I don't want to sound like completely navel-gazing, but it was when I finally told the truth about how the thread of writing that runs through my business and that that is where, in terms of like client feedback, has been if I've written a particularly good article for them or, you know, written comments that have then gone into Forbes or the FT or The Guardian or I've had some great stuff in The Express lately. And they're just like, wow, you've, you've made me sound like the best version of me. I had an article in Red a couple of years ago that I pitched in. Actually, that's where I met Greta. I met Greta at the Red event. And so, and then had this article. And that was a real highlight. In PR, you're often behind the scenes. And so that was like, okay, this is me now doing this for me. Yeah. And, and helping clients 
connect 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 the best version of themselves with their audiences giving clients the confidence to show up in the world helping them connect with who they need to connect with has been really really rewarding which is beautiful because that has that ripple effect yeah and helping them tell their stories is really really powerful and sometimes clients don't always see how amazing their stories are but yeah telling that storytelling that yesterday I was with one of my clients yesterday and we had an article it was just it was in we in this we we are the city but she was so happy with it and she was so happy with the response that she'd had from it and it was all about the senior leaders stress toolkit for female leaders and she just enjoyed she was just enjoying the ripple effect and the impact that her words had had on the community that's always really really rewarding amazing Antonia we've talked it's gone so quickly (laughs) it's gone way too fast but I've so enjoyed it and I hope anyone that is listening hopefully you're still listening to us thank you so much and I hope you've enjoyed this conversation if anyone would like to connect and learn more how do they do that my website is antoniataylorpr.com. I'm on Instagram at antoniataylorpr, LinkedIn, same. And I do have a monthly newsletter called The Conversation, which is about modern marketing. And that lands every third Thursday in your inbox. I'm looking at upping the ante on that one day by weekly, but I'm not quite there yet. But yeah, that's where I share sort of more the sort of like the deeper thoughts and guidance and tips and having chats so come along it's a lovely community and I love how you started it's like hello friend it's just so nice yeah do you know what Susan I've been laughed out of rooms for like saying just like being always made friends not contacts and I've literally been laughed out of rooms with missing that out loud so yeah oh well, oh, well. they don't know what they're missing out on yeah <laughs> Thank you so much for your time today. It's been an absolute pleasure chatting to you. Yeah, likewise, and congratulations with the the podcast and the new solos that you're doing, which is really exciting. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. And if you enjoyed this episode, please share it with someone you know who would enjoy it too. I believe we are all entitled to enjoy our work. And the future of work life will be changed by those who put people first and create more fulfilling work lives for themselves, their colleagues, their teams and organisations. If you have any suggestions for topics you'd like to have covered, guests you'd like to hear from or questions for me, please drop a line to susan at beyond-thenumbers.com. And finally, please consider leaving a review.